Wake up, America. It's Morning Air with John Morales. Si, senor. Sarah Tafoya. And Glenn Leverins. This is Morning Air. On Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Wake up, America. It's Tuesday, January 10th, 2023. Good morning and welcome back to the final hour of Morning Air. I'm John Morales along with Glenn Leverance and our studio producer, Sarah Tafoya. It is great to be with you on this very first day of Ordinary Time. In fact, I am wearing green today in honor of Ordinary Time. Good to be with you here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Now, can you believe that with yesterday's Feast of the Baptism of the Lord, the Christmas season is now officially over? So the question is, have you put away uh, your Christmas tree and all the decorations? I can tell you that I have not as of yet. Yes, we are in Ordinary Time. It's called Ordinary, not because it's common, but simply because of the weeks of Ordinary Time are numbered. On Tuesdays, I always take a moment to remind you of the guardian angels. Pray often to your guardian angel. Ask your guardian angel for help, especially uh, when you feel that you really need it. You can always find us on Twitter, at Morning Air Show, as well as on Facebook. And if you want to send us an email directly, morningair at relevantradio.com. I want to bring in our Morning Air team, Glenn and Sarah. Glenn, what are a few of the big stories making headlines here uh, this hour. You may recall a while back the big raids on Mar-a-Lago for some classified documents. The former president, President Trump, had appeared to have taken along after he left office. Uh, Not a legal thing to do. Now it seems that uh, there was an office used for a few years after his vice presidency by now President Biden. And, well, some documents were found there that shouldn't have been there as well. So the Justice Department taking a look. How have you seen the media reacting to this story? Uh, obviously, when it when it was with Trump, it was a big, big deal. Yeah, it's just uh, just popped up here. It actually happened right before the election last fall, but we're just just hearing about it now. I don't think it will end up being quite as big a deal. The uh, president at the border in El Paso uh, yesterday ignored, shouted questions about it to him. Well, let's uh, switch gears and talk about something that was a big deal last night. Uh, Number one ranked Georgia Bulldogs absolutely crushed number three TCU. 65 to 7 was the final to win back to back college football national championships. Uh, Bulldogs uh, quarterback Stetson Bennett had an amazing night. He led the way, throwing four touchdown passes and running for two more, as heard on ESPN. With the play action, Bennett looks down the middle. Bakaki's wide open. Touchdown, dogs. 37-yard strike. Bennett looking this time to the edge. Mitchell, one-handed catch for a touchdown. Bennett caps a career that began with no scholarship offer at Georgia. He'll leave with a legacy unlike anybody else at this school. And as you might imagine, all of Georgia is a tizzy with this news. Very excited about the Bulldogs winning. In fact, we had a live report earlier today from uh, Sam in Athens, Georgia, saying, go dogs." How about them dogs, Sam? <laughs> hey, I know what a big uh, morning air and uh, Bulldogs uh, fan, uh, our good friend Sam, is. The 67 points uh, by the Bulldogs is the most ever in a championship game. Uh, Georgia finishes uh, the season uh, a 
perfect 15 and 0 becoming the first uh, repeat national champion since Alabama did it more than a decade ago. Uh, Glenn, this was a demolition. It was impressive. Yeah, it was over before it hardly got started. You feel bad for uh, what had been a pretty magical season for TCU as well. But uh, my goodness, Georgia now uh, really uh, claiming hold of that uh, powerhouse status in the in the southeast there. And what a name for that quarterback, huh? To Stetson Bennett, gotta love gotta love that. But uh, throwing for four TDs, running for a couple more, uh, he'll be telling those stories the rest of his life. Well, and I imagine that a couple of babies born in Georgia this year might be named after that young man. So that might be something that might be we might be seeing rise in the name Stetson. We'll see. I understand that the uh, Georgia Bulldog um, mascot, the the real Bulldog, wasn't able to make it uh, uh, to L.A. for the game. I don't know why that might be. That's that's too bad. Maybe we need to have a a doggy Fitbit on it. I knew you were going to bring that in. I was waiting for that one, Glenn. (laughs) Yeah, well, there's a a new thing now for your dog because it's not just for your arm to keep track of your steps. Uh, There's a new $150 GPS tracker that can provide your pup's location along with activity and behavior monitoring. Clips onto the collar can alert owners in seconds if it leaves its safe zone. Also keeps stats on your dog's sleep. You know, if it's not laying about sleeping all day long, you can find out why. Keeps tabs on on barking to keep the neighbors from having to do that for you. Scratching, shaking, all of that even sends owners a notification when it detects a, a noticeable change in behavior as well. So there you go. You think, John, your little beagle might end up with one of those. Something to consider for my beagle, Blaze. He is... Uh... Quite uh, rambunctious, so uh, I'm not sure if the Fitbit would stay on him as he's running around the dog park being chased and chasing all the other doggies. Well, at $150 a pop, you might want to see if there's like some sort of uh, like a group that you can get in to be a testing group to see, you know, I just want to see if this works or not. You know, maybe you could just try it for a little bit and see how that worked because uh, that would be expensive. But you know what? That The the Bulldog mascot, he's probably got the cash for that. That sounds like an ex- uh, a nice celebratory <laughs> gift for the mascot. Scott, since they had that big win. Our congratulations once again to the Georgia Bulldogs back-to-back national champions. Uh, Sarah, Glenn, thanks as always. Sure thing, John. We uh, begin every hour here on Morning Air, always in prayer to set the tone for the day, always giving thanks to our Lord for all the many blessings through the intercession of the Mother of God, our Blessed Mother Mary. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Our Lady Guadalupe, patroness of the Americas, patroness of the unborn and of relevant radio, pray for us. St. Joseph, patron of the Universal Church, pray for us. St. John Paul II, co-patron of relevant radio, pray for us. And we invoke the Holy Spirit every morning here on the show, whenever we pray, come Holy Spirit, come. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. And now let's talk about love. Now, as I mentioned, I am wearing a, a green shirt under my sweater this morning. It's just a reminder that we have just entered ordinary time today after the end of the Christmas season, which was preceded by the Advent season. So 
What should our focus be? I spoke to international bilingual evangelist Martha Fernandez Sardina uh, about doing ordinary things with extraordinary love as St. Mother Teresa of Calcutta taught. Martha's an international bilingual speaker, the former director of evangelization for the Archdiocese of Washington, D.C. and San Antonio. She's also the founder of RememberYouAreLoved.com. Here's my conversation with Martha. Good morning, Martha. It's hard to believe that uh, we have begun ordinary time. Can you explain to us exactly what does ordinary time mean? Well, it's this time that uh, begins after the Easter, the uh, uh, Advent and Christmas seasons have ended, and it's something that came about after the uh, so-called liturgical reform of the church with the Second Vatican Council with the new calendar. Uh, it seems that before we we had. Um, uh, only well, I'm looking at an uh, old liturgical calendar or ecclesiastical calendar, and it was three um, major um, periods or seasons within which there were highlights. So before, if we had the season of the Nativity, where we had Advent, Christmas, um, the circumcision of our Lord, <clears throat> and Epiphany, uh, then it was followed by the uh, season of Easter, which had. Uh, ascension, uh, well, had Lent, Holy Week, Easter, and Ascension. And then we went into um, the season of Pentecost, which included Pentecost and the Most Blessed Trinity, Corpus Christi, uh, and after Pentecost. So it was, um, there wasn't this ordinary time. And there are people actually, and this is why I'm mentioning it, there are people who uh, decry that the that this was called ordinary time for a number of reasons, which I won't get into all the details, but one uh, well-known author has called it an abomination uh, that we should, uh, this abomination known as ordinary time. And uh, there are others who have said that it's time to abolish ordinary time. And one of the reasons is um, because it's interrupted. So in another couple months, we'll be going into Lent and then followed by Easter and uh, the Pentecost season, which was called before then, we'll go back into ordinary time. So, so it's kind of interrupted. But the, another reason is because it gives the impression, John, that this is kind of like uh, back to business as usual. And there's no time of the year in the liturgical calendar, in our lives, in this new liturgical year, which we inaugurated with Advent, there's no time that should be back to business as usual because our business should be that, as Jesus said when he was found in the temple, am I not to be about my father's business? Am I not to be in my father's house? Am I not to be, you and me and all of us, with Jesus about the business of growing in our knowledge of our Lord, in our love of our Lord, in our service to our Lord and to one another? So ordinary time takes its name, actually, not because things are ordinary, but because it's ordinal time, an, or time in which we count the weeks. So, for example, I put away uh, yesterday my blue book for my Liturgy of the Hours, <clears throat> which is the Advent and Christmas season, and now I pulled out, which those of you who have uh, the Liturgy of the Hours of the Breviary in the four volume would know what I'm talking about. I have the brown book now, which starts with weeks one through 17, and then when Lent and Easter come, we'll go to the red book, and then we'll come back to or, uh, to uh, ordinary time, probably with the green book, and so forth. So this is a time, John, for you and I, and all of us, all of you listeners, to take this time to love in an extraordinary way and to make sure that we enter into the mysteries of our faith 
through this time with all the feast days of memorials and feast days and solemnities during this time, and that we deepen, deepen our adhesion to the Lord, to the mystery of the life of Christ on earth, of his ministry, of his saving mission of love, and ready ourselves for that high time again in which we focus more uh, in a more concentrated manner on the great mysteries of our salvation, which the next time around, like I said, will be Lent and Easter. So there's nothing ordinary about ordinary time. Can you talk about uh, where do you think our attention needs to be here uh, during this period of, of ordinary time? Where should our focus be? Well, like I was saying, there's this time of um, kind of ongoing growth. And it, it occurred to me that if children and uh, youth and, and college students and maybe even people in the workplace uh, had a downtime now from work or kids, let's say kids, they got off of school right during uh, Christmas break. And now they went back to school uh, to learn. Well, for us, it's not like we went into a break after Christmas or after Epiphany Tide. Uh, it's now we're like children who have gone back to school to keep learning. So our focus should be on every single day learning more, more and more and more. There's a beautiful song that I like that has a line that says, more love, more power, more of you in my life. And that should be our goal every day to have more love for God and the love of God more fully in my life. And my love and the love of God flowing forth in my life to others. More power, more of the power of the Holy Spirit in my life to overcome my areas of weakness, my weakness in serving others, my weakness in understanding the depths of the mystery of Christ living within me, and more of God in my life, more of you in my life, as the song says. And so this is a time for us to uh, take the, uh, the, the various readings of the of the of the uh, mass, um, which which are in a progressive order. Now we will be going through the life of Christ, and to integrate the mystery of His life into our life, and to to follow along with the life of the Lord. A lot of people have taken up John as a New Year's resolution. I know a lot of people did it last year, and some of us are doing it again this year of taking up the uh, reading the Bible, the Bible in a year. There's a podcast by that name. The Bible in a year, and uh, now it's available also in Spanish. And so it's a beautiful thing to, to, to take up something like that or anything else that will help you get more fully into the mystery of God's love for us, his saving love, his teaching love. And like I said, just as children go back to school and they're learning something new every day and progressively growing in their knowledge, so too during this ordinary time, we should be progressively being formed and being transformed growing and maturing in holiness, in Christ's likeness, deepening our relationship with the Lord of love and receiving and embracing his love so as to be able to live it and give it and to exercise love in the mundane and the ordinary as well as in the heroic and extraordinary things that the Lord might present to us. Or as Mother Teresa of Calcutta said, to do small or ordinary things with great or extraordinary love. That's the focus during this time. 
It's a, it's a trem- tremendous focus, and it all leads us back uh, to our Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, and I, I love your advice of uh, trying to spend some time uh, reading sacred scripture, the Word of God, because I think uh, it, it, the Word of God can really feed us spiritually, can really help us to grow closer uh, to Jesus here at the beginning of the year. I think it's a great New Year's resolution to do whatever you can uh, to read the Bible much more. If you can every day, if you could try to tackle it uh, over the whole course of the year. Uh, I think that's fantastic, but I I think that uh, the Word of God uh, is something that should be part of our life, and we we get bits and pieces of it in Mass uh, whenever we go to Mass, but to read it uh, in private, on our own, um, asking the Holy Spirit to to help us and and to guide us, uh, you can get so much out of it. Absolutely. My life uh, in Christ uh, of course, commenced with uh, baptism as a child, uh, as, a, as a toddler, in my case, because I wasn't a baby. I got baptized late. I received all my sacraments late. So any of you out there who are thinking, well, I, I have to catch up, don't worry. You can catch up at any time. The Lord will come into your life. But when I had a personal conversion at the age of 14 and 15, is uh, at the age of 15, it's because I had read the entire New Testament starting at the age of 14. So yes, it has a profound effect on you. And like I said, you could either follow a podcast, it's going to lead you through the Old Testament and the the New Testament all the way through the year. Or you could just take up the daily readings of Mass, that's another way, or both. Because the daily readings of Mass really um, center us uh, in in a way that is is very uh, useful even if we're not attending daily mass, which I highly recommend also, John, as a New Year's resolution, uh, that you um, not just only go to Sunday mass, but as often as you can during the week. Uh, Some of us do go uh, very often or daily. And and if you could do that, listeners, all of you out there, that would be a great idea. And that way we enter in, John, by reading scripture and getting the word of God in us, by going deep with the Lord in the word. We're reminded of the way in which God loves us in the small and in the or ordinary, let's put it that way, or and in the great or extraordinary ways, not just through the passion and death of our Lord, not just through his birth, but we see also through scripture um, how in the things that we take for granted, you know, creation, when we recount, wow, God really, really, really loves us. He created us. He brought us into existence. When we look at the way in which he spoke to us through the law and the prophets, we realize, wow, God has really been in our pursuit for a very long time, and he doesn't give up. When we then go into the incarnation of our Lord and we realize God is with us and God is like us in all things but sin, we can identify more fully with the person of Christ and then want to imitate him. When we go into the passion and death and resurrection of our Lord, we're reminded that we also have a passion that we must undergo and that we will face death too and that one day we will rise again with him. And when we center through scripture on the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, which we have received at baptism and confirmation, we and we see through the Acts of the Apostles and the letters of St. Paul and St. Peter and St. John in the New Testament, when we see what it's like to live filled with the Holy Spirit, then we're encouraged to live that way. And then we can also make more uh, of our lives a gift to others. We can give more of our time and our talent and our treasure to God and to others. We can be more attentive to God, listening to God and to his presence and his care. And we can do the same to him, we can give him our time and listen to him. And 
we can give that to others. And just as we see that the Lord gave us his life and his talents and that he taught us and that he preached and he modeled for us, then we too can serve others with our talents, with our gifts, uh, and play our role in this history of salvation. And, and with the treasure the Lord has given us, all that he possesses, he has provided for us, he has sustained us. And we too will learn in that process then to give more, both of our surplus and of our want, and give others the respect and the reverence and the kindness and the goodness and the gentleness that we receive from God and that they need, even sometimes if they don't deserve it. <laughs> Martha, I love the words of Mother Teresa. In fact, loving even in small, ordinary ways can be challenging enough, but how can we acquire and develop Mother Teresa's attitude so that we can follow her advice to love in extraordinary or great ways uh, to do small and ordinary things with great love, especially when um, the things get difficult, when the, the going gets tough? Well, Mother Teresa was a woman of great prayer. Every day she had adoration. Every day she would uh, have, uh, she would attend mass. Every day she would center her heart and her eyes and her life on Christ. And therefore, that's the main thing. If we are focused on Christ, if Christ is the motivator, if Christ is the inspiration for everything that I am and everything that I do, I will find it, you will find it, we will all find it more, uh, less difficult, let me put it that way, less difficult to see Christ in others. In fact, that was her whole uh, motto, right? Seeing uh, Christ in the and serving Christ in the poorest of the poor. But she herself said that a lot of times among the poorest of the poor are those who are wealthy, those who have a lot because they don't have God in their hearts and their lives or because they don't have love in their hearts and in their lives. And so she would always teach her sisters and would teach the world, including non-Christians, to try to see in others what God sees in us, to see, and that's why I mentioned the word reverence a moment ago, uh, respect and reverence for the mystery of the other, that God has left his imprint in one another. And there's a, a beautiful uh, write-up that is called Do It Anyway, that they say Mother Teresa of Calcutta had uh, on, on, a, on a poster on a wall or something, and I forget the details, in the convent. But it goes something like this, John, and this is very interesting, because in response to your question, this is how we can learn to love others, even when it's difficult, when the going gets tough. It says, people are often unreasonable, illogical, and self-centered. Forgive them anyway. If you are kind, people may accuse you of selfish ulterior motives, but be kind anyway. If you are successful, you will win some false friends and some true enemies succeed anyway. If you're honest and frank, people will cheat you, but be honest and frank anyway. You may spend years building someone would destroy it overnight, but build anyway. If you find serenity and happiness, they may be jealous, but be happy anyway. The good you do today, people will often forget tomorrow. Do good anyway. And this is the clincher. Give the world the best you have, and it may never be enough, but give the best you've got anyway. Because you see, in the final analysis, it is between you and God. It was never between you and them anyway. So let's love even when we don't get love in return, because in the end, it's about you and the God of love anyway. And that was my conversation with Morning Air contributor Martha Fernandez-Sardina, the founder of RememberYouAreLove.com. She had some 
Really, really good advice. We need to take a, a short break when Morning Air continues. Professor Harry Kramer, Professor of Management and Strategy at the Kellogg School of Management, will be with us to share some practical steps to increase the probability of success for your New Year's resolution. So stay with us, Relevant Radio family, as the final hour of Morning Air continues here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Bringing the light of Christ to start your day. It's Morning Air with John Morales, Sarah Tafoya, and Glenn Leverett. Jump into the conversation. Call 888-914-9149. This is Morning Air on Relevant Radio. Wow, it sounds like the party has started. Good morning and welcome back to Morning Air. I'm John Morales along with Glenn and Sarah. Thanks so much for tuning in across America. It's great to be with you this morning here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. You can always find us on Twitter at Morning Air Show as well as on Facebook. If you want to send us an email directly, if you have any thoughts you want to share with us, morningair at relevantradio.com. Our power scripture from the playbook of life this morning is from Revelation 3.20. Our Lord Jesus says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in to him and eat with him and he with me. Our Lord Jesus Christ wants us to hear his voice. He knocks on the door of our hearts, inviting us to sup with him, that is to eat his body and blood in the Holy Eucharist. Christ desires a close intimacy with us, the faithful. The question is, do we really take advantage of this gift of love, of his true presence, substantially present in the sacred host under the appearances of bread and wine in the most holy Eucharist? During this three-year Eucharistic revival that the U.S. bishops have called for, let's start today by opening the door of our hearts and letting our Lord Jesus Christ feed us with the bread of life the Holy Eucharist. And we always pray with great confidence that prayer from the Chapel of Divine Mercy, Jesus, I trust in you. Okay, folks, uh, what are you doing and how are you doing uh, with your New Year's resolutions 10 days into this new year of 2023? When we think about New Year's resolutions, we often want to do something perhaps new, like exercising, maybe reading more, uh, playing a, a musical instrument, and so many other things. I want to uh, read more scripture and work out more. Those are my two uh, main resolutions for this year. But have you have you noticed uh, that you wonder where does the time come to do these things? We still have 168 hours a week to manage all that we want to accomplish. The key is how do we spend those 168 hours uh, prioritizing our resolutions uh, within within those very hours of the week? Joining us live from the Chicago area is Morning Air regular contributor, Professor Harry Kramer, to talk about some practical steps to increasing the probability of success for our New Year's resolutions. Harry's a professor of management and strategy at Northwestern 
Boston University's Kellogg School of Management and is also an executive partner with Madison Dearborn Partners, one of the largest private equity firms in the U.S. If you want to be part of our conversation this morning, 888-914-9149. That's 888-914-9149. Good morning, Professor Harry. Happy New Year. Thanks so much for joining us once again. It is great to be with you here uh, at the very beginning of the new year. Oh, Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you and all of our listeners. It's great, great to be with you, my friend. Well, this is a very uh, uh, relevant topic, something that's on the minds of, of a lot of folks uh, every year and especially here at the beginning of, of this year. And it makes me think of, you know, why do you suppose it is that, you know, so many uh, health clubs and gyms uh, during uh, the month of January are absolutely packed? You can't even find a parking spot. But by <laughs> mid-February, they're just about empty. Why in the world is it? It's so hard to keep these New Year's resolutions, Professor. Well, you know, a lot of people have looked at this, John, and I think a lot of it is we're very, we're very ambitious. We really want to do a lot of things, and we start to say we're going to do them, but then we forget, as you just pointed out, there's only 168 hours in a week. It's only 24-7. And when you say you're going to do something, something else you're going to probably have to stop doing if you're going to make sure you get this fit in. And I think we get so ambitious that we're going to we're going to do all these great things. I mean, you know what? We haven't exercised much. So I'll tell you what, um, you know what? I'm going to I'm going to sign up for the Chicago Marathon. Well, wait a minute. Sign up for a marathon. If you've never run. I mean, is that even is that even realistic? Uh, you know, go for so, a run around the block first. <laughs> yeah. Maybe, maybe go for a walk. <laughs> maybe 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 start to run around the block and, and set something up that is a reasonable goal. Um I think sometimes we get so crazy at the beginning of the year, you know, hey, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to work out. I'm going to go to the gym. I'm going to work out an hour every day. And I've never done, well, you know what? Maybe, maybe try like 20 minutes once a week and then up it to a half an hour and gradually work your way up, making sure that it's something that you're really going to do. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, you, you you can't uh, you can't eat an elephant all at once. It's it's one bite at a time. And the thing same goes with working out or even thinking of running a, a marathon. Uh, we have to also know our limitations. You know, uh, Professor, I had uh, both hips replaced um, back in 2016, so my marathon running days are over. I'm happy to just be able to run around the baseball field with my 15 year old uh, first baseman. <laughs> yeah, so. In thinking a lot about this, and I was writing about this when I was doing the last book, John, is I realized, let's, let's try to figure out some really, really good advice. So so, so basically, I, I came up with four things, John, that I think would really help all of our folks here as we are, uh, start to go into, into day 10. So if we're going to do this for the year, and we're 10 days into it, and we're still into it, you know, how do we make sure that we continue to do it? And the first one, John, is I really think it takes a, it's worthwhile to be a little self-reflective, maybe a little prayerful. What what are we trying to change and why? So, you know, if we say, oh, uh, you know, I uh, I really feel like I'm, I'm going to lose a lot of weight. Well, what, what am I really trying to do? I think what I'm trying to do is to be healthy. I think what I'm going to try to do is eat right. I want to start to exercise and, and to understand why am I doing this? This isn't just one more thing on the list. Is it if I want to live a healthy life, and I was, you know, 30, 40 pounds lighter, okay, what does that really mean? Can I start to say, I really will 
change my eating habits. I really will start to exercise. I mean, what's the whole reason? What's the why in all of this? As opposed to, you know, setting up something that realistically, you know, won't, won't happen. So that, that's the first piece of this. The second one, John, that I think is very helpful is, is to be very specific. You know, I, I have four words I always use in my classes, uh, John, this whole idea of I have to focus, I have to be disciplined, I've got to figure out a way to do it on a continuous basis, and then I start to establish a, a certain amount of credibility. The third one, and I think this is a big one, John, I'm sure you've this, is that try not to do this by yourself. If you can find a group of people that are supportive of you uh, and actually maybe even do it with you, I think it's going to help a tremendous amount. I, I use the example that when I was in college, I sort of said, you know what, I'm literally going to run a couple miles, uh, you know, every day. Well, as soon as it got rainy uh, or as soon as the weather went down, got colder, it's like, oh, okay, well, I, I just, uh, I'm going to postpone that. But then when a couple months later, I got my roommate to start to do it. We said, all right, we're going to do this. And days when there was no way I was going to felt like doing it, I thought, wait a minute, I'm not going to let him do it and not me. And then there were days when I'm up for doing it. And he said, oh, I don't think, oh, okay, oh, you're going to do it. I'm going to do it. So that, that mutual support, I think, is, is very, very helpful. And then the last one, I just think it's really helpful to measure it. You know, in, even in business, there's that line, John, you know, what gets measured gets done. If you don't measure it, I, I don't think it's going to happen. So this, this ability to figure out why am I doing it, trying to be very specific, finding people who can support me, and then really measuring it, I think makes an enormous difference in, in whether you're successful or not. I want to go into a, a few of uh, these uh, steps, uh, dig a little bit uh, deeper. In fact, the one, the last one you just mentioned about measuring your your progress. Uh, I understand that you have a habit that you've been doing for uh, many decades of weighing yourself every day. Talk about that. I find that really interesting. Yeah, so I'll give you, John, the example of this one that's been going on now for 30 years and one that's been going on for just 10 days, okay? The one that's been going on for 40 years is I thought, you know what? Uh, if I'm really going to control my weight, okay, um, and I'm really going to measure it, I, I literally have a piece of paper, a, a notepad next to the, the, um, the scale. And the first thing I do in the morning, John, no matter what, is I weigh myself. And I've been doing every day, and I've got that in a, little, in a book, in a, this little notebook. Um, and if all of a sudden, you know, uh, you go, you go to a party, go to a birthday party, hey, I'm supposed to have one piece of cake. Wait a minute. It's a chocolate cake. I have two pieces. The next morning I'm up a little bit. Oh, okay. Guess what? You know what? Uh, I'm going to have an apple today. That's all I'm going to have today. Uh, instead of any kind of dessert or whatever. And a day or two later, I'm back down again. And so this whole idea of, I, I I'm thinking about this a lot. And it's almost like a game. It's, it's almost like a sport with me. I, I love the, the challenge of, you know, okay, I was on vacation a couple of days. You know, the kids wanted to go to Dairy Queen or whatever. Okay, I'm going to do that. But right away, I got to get back on the horse again. And, and I love that. I love the measurement of it. Um, and it just always kind of reminds me of, you know what, I, I'm not going to forget a day. So, so that one, that one, John, I, I've been doing for many, many, many years. Now, when I was writing this, a blog post on, on the harrykramer.org a couple days before uh, New Year's, I thought, all right, well, what am I going to do? It's one thing talking about this, but what am I going to do? And for me, John, one that I've said I was always going to do, 
and I've always come up with excuses not to, uh, was to, to read the entire Bible. And I thought, okay, I'm going to do it. Well, I probably started that adventure, John, at least 30 times and, and never done it. And I thought, you know what? I got to measure it and, and I, need, I need some help doing it. So I literally, uh, Julie mentioned to me that, uh, that Father Mike Schmidt had this uh, Catholic Bible in a year. And I thought, oh, you know what? You can start any time. But if I start, if I start January 1st, and I kept my little booklet out on 365 days. I mean, I, I'm going to rock and roll. I'm, I'm going to do it. So you know what? I know today's January the 10th because last night I ended up doing the ninth one. And John, every time I talk to you, I'm going to be careful. But I am literally going to make sure I do that now every, every day. Oh, and by the way, the supportive piece is sort of interesting. John, this is kind of crazy. But because I said in, the, in my blog post, you know, that I sent out, to thousands of people that, you know, I'm going to do this. I don't want you or somebody else say to me, hey, are you still doing it, Harry? Okay, no, I got my credibility on the line now. Of uh, So the first time in my life, uh, along with uh, Father Mike Schmidt, I'm going to get through the entire Bible this year, John. That is a fantastic uh, goal. I commend you. Uh, there's a, it's a beautiful thing to spend a few minutes every day meditating on the Word of God. It's not just the Word of men. It is the Word of the Lord. And uh, believe it or not, I've actually been doing this uh, for, for a while, for a number of years. Um, yeah, I miss sometimes, but the, the goal is every day to try to read a, a chapter from Scripture. And, you know, I've actually, be, I, I haven't been doing uh, the uh, the Father Mike Schmitz uh, uh, podcast uh, method, but uh, I do have a daily New Testament uh, that was written back in 1941, and it has all four of the Gospels rolled into one, so it tells all one story. Oh, wow. Something wow. like that really doesn't exist. I got this in an old uh, used bookstore, and it's absolutely fantastic, a little Catholic book uh, from another era, from 1941. But it helps me every day, and it's based on the day of the year. So every day I, I read a chapter, and I know exactly whether I'm on target or not or whether I missed a day. And uh, it's it's a beautiful little discipline. So there's, you know, uh, I commend, uh, obviously, uh, uh, Father Mike Schmitz with, with his podcast. A lot of people are following him. But uh, there's many other ways also to read uh, Scripture. And, and some people even try to read Scripture and the Catechism um, every every day, so uh, which is even more uh, challenging uh, to to read a chapter from the Catechism and a, and a chapter from uh, from the Bible every day. So uh, I guess it's a question of what's a priority uh, to to uh, to one. And uh, I think this is a beautiful thing that that you're undertaking, uh, uh, Professor Harry. Well, no, I I, I I love what you're doing too. This nineteen this nineteen forty one piece that you're talking about is it's great because and what's nice is when you say. It, it has something for you every day. That's a great discipline too, because as you said, John, we're all human, right? I mean, if you're under the weather, you feel sick, you know, you may miss a day, but then I say, oh, okay, if I miss a day, if I miss two days, I'll tell you right now, I got, I'm going to do three of them this day because I don't want to get behind. I mean, there's, there's that, and I know you're a big sport enthusiast as well, John, you know, that commitment to, we're going to do it. We're going to make sure we do it. And if something happens and you miss a day, okay, great. Get back on there again, just like, a, just like weighing yourself so that we're, we're really specific in making sure that we make our commitments. And again, this whole idea of letting people who know you know that you're going to do it, then they're the ones that are going to say, wait a minute, Harry, uh, I thought you said you were going to do it, and I don't want to let somebody down. 
So it's, uh, a, uh, it's quick, all part of the process. Quick story that ties into your uh, measure your progress um, uh, idea. Uh, years ago, went back when I was a sports uh, reporter, I remember interviewing Walt, the great Walter Payton, Chicago Bears running back, who told me that he his normal playing weight was 202 pounds. He said he, he was so plugged in, so finely tuned with his body, that if he gained two pounds, he could tell the difference of how he ran the next game. And it reminded me of you weighing your Yourself, uh, every day for the last 30 years. Wow. Wow. Well, well, you can never, you can never compare me to Walter Payton, but boy, <laughs> the, concept, <laughs> the concept is a great one. John. A great Absolutely. One. In fact, I want to bring in our listeners. Uh, but want to have you share any resolutions that uh, you've done in previous years that you've actually sticked with, uh, for years. And I actually doing uh, today, um, what, what has worked out for you in order to keep your resolutions uh, throughout uh, the year? We're taking your calls for Professor Harry Kramer. If you want to share your resolutions and your successes, 888-914-9149. That's 888-914-9149. We're going to take a short time out as we continue our conversation with Professor Harry Kramer. Stay with us. There is much more to come on the other side. Bringing the light of Christ to start your day. This is Morning Air. I think I'll go for a walk outside now. The summer sun's calling my name. I hear you now. I just can't stay inside all day. Triple eight nine one four nine one four nine. That's triple eight nine one four nine one four nine. Welcome back to Morning Air here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. I'm John Morales. Thanks so much for joining us this morning on this Tuesday, this first day of Ordinary Time, as we are continuing our conversation with Morning Air regular contributor, Professor Harry Kramer, Professor of Management and Strategy at the Kellogg School of Management. We're talking about ways to increase the probability of success for your New Year's resolutions, and we're encouraging you to share some of those successes of resolutions in past years, or perhaps you want to share what you're doing this year with us. Again, the number. Triple eight nine one four nine one four nine, Professor. Uh, you've talked about uh, in the past, and you mentioned it as as one of your steps this morning. Um, those uh, four favorite words of yours. Uh, can you uh, dive into uh, the importance of discipline, focus, consistency, and credibility if we really are serious about uh, achieving our New Year's resolutions? Yeah, you know, it's, it's interesting, John. We're very, very busy, right? We're all very busy. We, we have our, our work. We have our family. We have our faith. We try to exercise. We try to get sleep. We want to make a difference. That, you know, the blink of an eye, we're on this earth of, of what's God calling us to do. You know, we go on. There's just a lot to do. And I think by saying, all right, what really is important? What is Christ asking me to do? Um, am I disciplined enough? Am I consistent enough to think that through? And, and let me give a real practical perspective, John, because you and I, you know, occasionally will talk about this whole idea of, you know, you're 168. You've only got 168 hours. So we're really ambitious, right? We say, hey, you know what? Uh, I, I go to Mass once a week, and you know what? Uh, to be with Christ, boy, you know, wh- why don't I why don't I do that just once a week? Why don't I carve out another day? Why don't I do that two days a week? Well, if you think about it, if you don't do anything differently, when, where's that going to come? You know, that's another hour, an hour a week. How, I don't know if I've got that time. Well, being focused and disciplined, say, all right, well, what am I doing now, John, that I could do 
less of or stop doing. And a couple of examples. It turns out, John, and you've probably seen this, um, the average person uh, is watching four or five hours of television or social media every day. Well, if you said, okay, you know, what if I, what if I was disciplined enough to measure and say, I'm going to spend one hour less a day on television, or I'm going to spend one hour less uh, on, my, on my cell phone. Well, just think about that. If you just reduced it by one hour, John, just one hour, that would give you seven hours. I'm seven with you. Hours. I am. I am totally with you. In fact, you know, I I started uh, here at the new year. This is something separate from reading scripture and working out. I started reading the Imitation of Christ, uh, one of the of the greatest books ever written uh, about the life of Christ. And and my goal is to read one little short little chapter. It can be done in, in literally in just a few minutes before bedtime every single day. And uh, you know, it's a great way to go to sleep. Uh, having the the mind of Christ uh, uh, in your heart uh, before you turn off the lights. I'll have to get that. It's called the imitation of Christ. John? The imitation of Christ. Uh, okay, uh, I will. I will. Uh, I'll, I'll. I'll try to. I'll try to get that. And the, the whole. The whole fascination in my mind, you know, is when you realize, when you realize you've only got 168 hours. And the reason I love continuously reminding myself, having the discipline about that, John, is that we forget when somebody says. I don't know if you thought about this. Whenever somebody says. Well, I don't have the time. Well, the reality is you're 160 years. So you know, I'd love to have uh, you know, lunch with you sometime, John. And if I say, hey, John, you want to have lunch next week? And you say, oh, Harry, I'd love to, but I don't have time. No, you got 160 hours. Now, it may, not, it may not be a priority this week, and it may not be possible, but you got 168 hours. And if there's something you really want to do, your comment before of, hey, you know what? Uh, I, I'd like to spend, you know, two hours a week now really exercising, you know, just maybe, maybe 20 minutes a day, 20 minutes a day, you know, uh, times seven days. Okay. Well, okay. But what are you going to stop doing? Cause you only have 168 hours. That's part of the discipline. That's part of staying focused and merely making sure it makes an enormous difference. We have time to uh, go to Corey, who is joining us this morning from the Twin Cities. Corey, good morning. You're on with Professor Harry Kramer. Thank you. Good morning. Um, I agree with you. Just, you know, doing the, the, the very short little things that you can um, keep up. And the only thing that I've done really successfully over the years is always take the stairs instead of the elevator or escalator um, and just keep kind of doing that little bit of a routine. Professor, your thoughts? Yeah, well, that's fantastic because the, the key thing is little things done consistently become a big thing. And it just kind of reminds us of, hey, I am thinking a little bit about my health. And if I'm thinking about my health and I'm taking the stairs, you know what? Hey, maybe, maybe I'll have an apple today instead of a piece of chocolate cake. I mean, these little things, I would argue there's almost no such thing as a little thing. It's these things that add up that, that really can impact it and change our life. Absolutely. It, the little things uh, that matter. Thanks so much, uh, Corey. Uh, uh, Professor Harry, uh, your final thoughts. You know, I, I, know it's so temp- I know it's so tempting, John, that, you know what, I said I wanted to do it. I said I wanted to do it, and uh, I'm going to do it. And boy, now I'm on day 10, and, uh, you know, I, I don't know if I can do it. You know, reaching out to a friend, praying about it, asking God for his help in doing it, making sure that you know why you're doing it, being as specific as you can, 
getting people to support you and, and just a little bit of measure, starting a little notebook and say, you know, I, I'm going to do this for one more day, one more day. And before you know it, you've done it for 365 days, John. The blog, a few thoughts and opinions on New Year's resolutions. You could find it at harrykramer.org. Professor Harry, as always, it's been a joy to be with you. Thanks so much. Always said thanks for mentioning the imitation of Christ. I'm going to get a hold of that, John. You take good care. God bless. And we'll talk to you in a couple weeks. Happy New Year to you, Professor Harry Kramer. And now it's time for another episode of Glenn Story Corner. Our story today called Receiving with Love by Joseph Mazzella. My daughter had overbought several times over the last six months, so her food pantry was full, and she wasn't sure that she'd be able to eat all the stuff that she had left. So she asked me then to take two full boxes of dry goods to donate to the local food pantry. I was happy to do so and took them over. I was overwhelmed, though, by the enthusiasm, the joy, and the love with which her donation was received. The lack of donations, plus the high price of groceries that hit the charity hard and their shelves needed every donation they could get. We were thanked over and over, and as I drove home I smiled as my mind went back to another time when we were the ones in need. Money was tight, my job barely paid the rent, and extra bills that month had cut into what we'd saved for the groceries. My next check was a week away, and we didn't have enough food to get us there. We went to a food pantry, and I watched our little kids playing outside while my wife took a box to, to fill up with food. I was worried, nervous, and scared. I'd never had to seek help like this before, and I just hoped it would be enough so our children wouldn't go hungry that week. My heart swelled with gratitude when my wife finally walked out with a smile on her face and a box filled with food in her arms. As we drove home, I silently prayed and thanked God for all the good people who'd given so that we would not go hungry. Our Heavenly Father created this great big round world for all of us to live on. It is one huge circle of love. Sometimes you are giving that love to others, and sometimes you're receiving that love from others. It's all the same, however, all one. It doesn't matter whether you're giving with love or receiving with love as long as you're living with love. Take your place in the circle, then. Never be ashamed to receive a gift of love, and never be afraid to give a gift of love. That's what we're all here for. That's what life is all about. Hebrews 13:16. Do not neglect to show good and to share what you have. For such sacrifices are pleasing to God. As always, thanks so much, Glenn. Love indeed is what it's all about. So let's get off to a great start this new year by praying the family rosary across America with Father Rocky, 7 p.m. Central tonight and every night of the week here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. That'll do it for this Tuesday edition of Morning Air. For Glenn Leverance, producer Sarah Tafoya, Gabby Burke, our entire Morning Air team, I'm John Morales. Thanks so much for joining us. Let your light shine before all. God bless America. We'll see you Wednesday on the next Morning Air. Gold Georgia Bulldogs. <laughs> the Patrick Madrid Show is up next.